0: This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, John King,
1: and Carl Anderton. Episode 12 Full Metal Jacket.
0: All right, welcome. This is episode 12? Episode 12 of the Traxxas Sector Warcast. Uh, My name is Tobin Lopez.
1: I'm John King. And I'm Carl Anderton.
0: What are we going to cover today, John?
1: The summer's in full swing, we've got Sun, Weekends, and Conquest on the brain. With some of our downtime, we've been diving further into the u- universe. I've been reading stories, Tobin's been playing Forbidden Stars, and his Father's Day present of the Sabat Crusade Anthology.
0: Yes, that was particularly cool. Nice. Uh, it, it was, I thought it was going to be more of a reference book. It wasn't too clear. It was like Anthology and Reference, and it had some images, and so I'm like, oh, okay, great. But it turns out that it's like all Anthology all canon uh, for the for the ghosts for the gaunt's ghost stuff so it's you know it's a 300 page book and in the introduction Dan Abnett says that for those of you who have read um, the up through uh, salvation's reach which is the last novel and then war master which is yet to come out um, he says there's three chapters in here written by me that you must read before you read war master wow. and I'm like it's kind of good that I got this then because <laughs> I kind of got it on an off sh- on a just on a impulse I was like hey honey Father's Day is coming <laughs> up this is available
2: <laughs> so is this like a Tolkien style one it's reference it's in character in setting reference no there's thing,
0: actually or? very little reference there's some reference stuff there's some reference material yeah um, and there's some images of like there's a there's a sex a sons of sec which is a, yes. the, the, mm-hmm. the chaos faction that's that's primarily the antagonist for. I'm glad Gaunt's you cleared that up because the
1: first word kind of yeah. brought a different image to my yeah, yeah, sons yes, yes. of like wait yeah. what <laughs> and, then, uh, and
0: then there's a picture of um McVenner I think maybe McVenner or McCall or two of the primary sniper guys or the the, the gods the ghosts scouts yeah. scouts um and then there's uh McRid, I'm not getting that that's name That's right. Tanya, Tanya, Tonya Tanya, yeah, Tuna Crid, there's a, Creed there's a, yeah. Sure. something like that. Yeah. So either way, but it's really cool. I haven't looked at it yet because I was in the middle of another book, um, and that's one of those books. You know, it, it, it was pretty pricey, and it's a collection, so the very stiff pages, so you don't want to really carry it around with you. <laughs> it's one of those books where you're like, I must lay this out on the table and use white gloves while <laughs> I read it, kind <laughs> of thing. A, a coffee table. Book. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, yeah. so you're saying, so it's not a reference style thing So it's narrative over the Crusade as a whole or something. It's talking about. Yeah, yeah well, it's it, as far as
0: I can tell, and yeah. I only looked at, looked at. The, it's all Gonzo stories. Mm-hmm. It's all in in line, but whether it maybe it tells a previous story, oh, like a, like a, but it's all Gonzo stuff written by other people. So there's three written by Abnet, but there's all alth- others written by other people. That's
2: very interesting. And they
0: all as they all apply to the Sabat Sob- Worlds Crusade, which is largely the Abnet verse, right, yeah. or the dana verse. Yeah,
2: I, I hadn't realized that other writers had started to work on this stuff. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah. it deserves it. They had a
0: previous anthology, but I can't remember if it was particular to the Gaunts.
2: Okay, interesting. So just just Gaunts go stuff turning up in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So that, that it is what it is, but couple of, couple of announcements. One is the Great Devourer still isn't here, and we've. And I had discussions with guys last night. It's like when is that coming out? I'm like, well, Jen kind of still a likely possibility, but then there's a part of me that says that one of the Netrunner packs, and I can't remember which one, went from being at the printer on their status page to shipping to distributors.
2: Yeah, on the way. I it's it, yeah. it
0: just skipped an entire. It was maybe it was Breaker Bay, or maybe it was the first one of the. It was one of the recent small packs, mm-hmm. right? Is it went from being at the printer to being in the states and shipping to distributors. It totally skipped the boat the China process on the page.
2: Yeah.
0: So part of me is like, there's a chance of that happening. Yeah. I, I would like to see. I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see it hidden before Gen Con because I'd like to play with them before Gen Con. I don't think they're going to be legal even if they do, but.
2: If if we don't hear anything the next couple of weeks, my <laughs> guess would be because it's still it's not even showing its shipping right, it's still right, right, of, right. It's not yeah. even on the boat from yeah, it's on China. the boat. Sorry, yeah. Right. So yeah, so if we don't hear in next couple of weeks, yeah, it's post GenCon,
0: yeah, I guess, or right. maybe it's a simultaneous release, like it hits the stores oh, about Gen-con, the same time as Con. Yeah. Right? yeah, quite possibly. Um, so it is what it is. But uh, so that's kind of given us a, a kind of a a lull in the new material besides some of the spoilers that have come out, which are great. We'll talk about more about spoilers. Um, next episode. Um, the sleeves are here. That gave us something. Right? <laughs> yeah. I got to buy some Conquest stuff. and Space Marine lore. What are we going to talk about? We want to talk about a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, I really kind of got into it because I was reading uh, a, treacher- a, a space marine anthology. But it was called Treacheries of the Space Marines. So they were talking about uh, these were all short stories written by, written about uh, loyal space marines that then became Chaotic, and one of the things that uh, really caught my attention was I was reading one, and there was uh, Tactical Squad Constantinople, and all of a sudden that clicked with me because I remember making it, uh, making a an error in an earlier podcast. We were talking about a card called Tactical Squad Cardenas, and I thought, oh well, that there are there must be they must be from planet Cardinia. Carl, no,
0: no such planet. <laughs> 400
2: billion star system Yeah, and, yeah. Know, but still, still, to my knowledge, there's probably a planet
1: named Bob. You know, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't necessarily matter. But so then that that got me thinking. It's like okay, so ta- tactical squad Cardenas, they must be they're following Sergeant Cardenas because tactical squad Constantinople, they were following Sergeant Constantinople at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was it was uh, interesting. Uh, they were at the, this was. Uh, Right around the time of the heresy, that the story is taking place, they're on a separate planet, and uh, the sergeant decides. You know, for this planet really to thrive, we need to be in control, which goes against the orders of what they had. So he breaks orders, and they take control of the planet. And there's some fighting at the time, and I can't really tell if it's within the squad itself or it's with other squad, another squad of marines. Uh, but they they win. And then they have the planet for about a hundred years, and then the, the the story kind of skips over, and then the planet comes back under siege by now loyalist marines. So it was it was really interesting. It kind of got me thinking. It's like, well, so how are space marines? Uh, you know, how are they organized? How are how are, how are they? I really don't know anything other than the fact. Okay, here's a big group of space marines. Great. What are they called? So so uh, I wanted to turn to wanted to put pose that question to uh, our lore expert.
2: <laughs> that, that phrase. Hmm. Uh, yeah. um, well, actually, this rewinds a little bit to talking about the, um, the Emperor stuff last time, not mm-hmm. talking a broken record. Um, the Emperor, um, as part of his early experiments in genetic modification, basically, heavy duty stuff, founded a set of legions. Each of these were based on little templates from the Primarchs that had previously been um, um, created and scattered by Chaos and so he goes, he takes the, the gene seed of each of these different Primarchs, and from that he uses it as a template to modify the best of the best to make them far beyond anything a human can be, completely superhuman You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be unfair to describe marines as pretty much demigods walking around mm-hmm. um, there's a, a great one that Abner brings up as always um, that um, barring dying in battle, there's every reason to believe that a space marine would be immortal they're so well engineered and designed and so, so hard to kill, they would probably live forever if they didn't die fighting <laughs> so there you go so a- after he found the legions he went out outside exploring and encountered the primarchs themselves and the various planets the primarchs then took over the legions and kind of called them all with their style and particular feel the primarchs started like, to start recruiting the people who would be changed into marines because keep it in mind a space marine is a modified human mm-hmm. it's a, someone who's already a great warrior who's chosen for the process to change right Um he would have, they would the, that's, that's kind of how the, the Primarchs and Legions became one unit the Primarchs led them mulled um, their philosophy changed how they were and as you were mentioning earlier then we had the Horus Heresy where roughly an even split of the Legions fell to chaos and turned against loyalists. Loyalists okay,
1: so, so there were 20 Primarchs
2: yes so approximately uh, roughly 10 on either side right. I think there's a little more detail on the Horus Heresy stuff but I, haven't, I, keep, I keep using that rough phrase approximately down the center and,
1: I mean and correct me also if I'm wrong but we only know the names of like 18 of the Primarchs that's
2: actually, that's actually pretty good um, we used to know Ooh, I'm getting about, it yeah, we used to, we used to <laughs> not just that we used to know the name of about 10 since the Horace Heresy was written when I originally started playing um, 40k we knew about 10 names and it was all these lost information. You know, we we we've 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 lost track of who these things were, or they've been expunged from records, so we don't know yeah. who they are. You know, they haven't, and they've <laughs> and they've slowly <laughs> trickled out. Exactly, we've ah, suddenly okay. found out who's who and all this. So yeah, right. I mean, Alfarius right. is a great one. Um, we were talking about the novels before. If you read Legion, um, it gets into the whole idea of who who and what Alfarius was actually like. Because they were the mysterious ones there we, we didn't know a damn thing about them. So so
0: so the Horus Heresy split split chaos made you know. They, the Chaos Followers went to Chaos Space Marines. And then we have the the regular, uh, the no, non-Chaos Marines. The Loyalist right, Marines, basically. But in the game, so, forty you know, 10,000 years later, we have, I'm looking at seven cards here, which I think ima- they're all Space Marine cards. So we have Dark Angels, Space Wolves, Ultramarines, White Scars, Raven Guard, which is the Raven Guard speeder, uh, Blood Angels, Iron Hands, Imperial Fists, and Salamanders. Mm-hmm. So, so these are
2: all chapters? Yes. Almost everything you've actually mentioned there apart from Salamanders. I'm just trying to spare my head, they might be the same.
0: Salamanders place. are the, the the Fire Drake Terminators, the five yeah. cost, uh, one that came in the fifth pack fifth so war this pack. This is was, where I'm gonna I'm Salamander. gonna
2: wait for someone to correct me. I may or may not be right here, but all the others apart from um, the salamanders here were originally legions. So okay. there was an ultramarine legion and a blood angels legion. Blood Angels' Primarch, for example, is Sanguinius, who is famous for being killed by Horus in, 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 in the final conflict just before Horus Horus severely wounds the Emperor. The Space Wolves are the same; their Primarch was Lehman Rus. Um, how can I put? How can I describe Lehman Russ? Easily, the, um, the Imperial Guard um, named their baseline battle tanker. Yeah, that's Russ That's all Russ. you, all you that need to it. know about Lehman Russ He's a tank, and he was—you know—he was, you know, he was a, um, o- over the top, powerful. White scars. Um, Jubilee Khan again. I'm trying to remember more <laughs> details and names than I normally would go for. Um, Raven Guard,
0: and you know, oh, there's there's there's, yeah. there's I've I've gone to a there's a Four k wiki, there's probably more than one, but I found mm. one central one. Uh, i I almost never go there on my computer, I'm always going there on my on an iPad or my one of my kids' tablets, so it's it's not very conducive to mobile mobile browsing Mm -hmm. um so i've tried to look into this but honestly some of it is just they uh it's written in such a way so that it's just completely inaccessible i can't i can't really read it and it's not written in a, a newspaper fashion where like general details and the further you move along the more details you get yeah right it's it's like fire hose of information (laughs) (laughs) like hi welcome to the Warhammer 40k universe (laughs) (laughs) you get to drink from the fire hose context or anything else if I didn't already have the context from talking to you and and really kind of reading some of the books I would be completely lost in some of those wikis so uh, but is your mind just kind of a trap for this have you lived oh, with it so long that uh, it's totally, that it's, it's just in inbred or uh, ingrained <laughs> I'm, I'm, part I'm of make, your genetics i'm going to make
2: well, i'm going to make this is one this is one of the um, one of the family things my wife is i am a sponge. For starters, that's that's just my style. Whatever I get into, I, I pick up information, and most of the time, I have no idea how I'm retaining it. Okay. Um, largest part of forty k is just practice. I've done. I've been involved in this universe for years and years and years. So right, uh, right, I, I, would I mean, you worked. You worked at the store. Exactly. for you, you, sake, you, you, Right. sake I mean, I mean, that to, gives you. have you a to reconstitute this. You have to froth right. it at people. Look how cool this. You know, yeah. the whole idea. This, 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 this card is not a card. This is the Deathwing Guard Squad. It's a bunch of the elite. Um, Terminators from the Dark Angels. Um, Dark Angels chapter. Rah, you know that's right. kind of, that's what I got paid to do. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess we should make a little comment there. I found the same thing about going to research the Emperor a little more to refresh myself. I think I ended up on the same wiki. And since was, this is being published, um, the people running the wiki are doing a sterling job. But you need to control your people editing things because yes, it's an enormous vomit of of info. Yeah. And collated yeah. Them.
0: Well, I, I mean, you know, I've, it's the first time I've really gone to some of those things. Some of them are the one that I looked at for God's Ghost. Um, it was a different... W- I think it was a different wiki. I, I, I haven't been there for a while. But that one was fairly well laid out. The ghost Coast stuff is fairly well laid out. More, maybe because it's such a limited universe, right? There are f- 15 or 16 books. That's it. That's all. Nothing else. There's a limited amount of characters. It's not all expansive. Um, it's just a slice. So maybe that ghost Coast, uh, is not indicative of the whole site. But I tried to kind of, to kind of drink in the the Space Marine stuff Whoa! Yeah. It was that.
2: There's was a lot really to find on awesome. one chapter, mm-hmm. for yeah. starters, and right. on that subject, as you mentioned, chapters before. So we have the Horus Heresy. Legion, legions turn on each other. A bunch of people go off to chaos. A um, bunch of people, uh, a large number of the marines remain as um, as loyalist. and so the Imperium left with a problem. It's pretty clear that one of the problems was the sheer amount of power under one person's um, control. I mean, to take an example, if we have a um, Robut Gilliman the um, the Primarch of the Ultramarines. Uh, around that time, the Ultramarines Legion, which, by the way, has um, at that point and since has basically held the eastern front of the galaxy, pretty much on their own. Ultramar is very far removed from Terra, from Earth, and they've pretty much held that part of things on their own. You could look at them as the is second it Earth. is
0: it Ultramar? Why, why is it? Where is that Ultramar? Is that the is that's that the, the planet? That's the name that's of the planet. The name of the planet. The okay, the planet that's a, a, yeah. in a completely unrelated or something yeah. related. It's in Forbidden Stars. There's a card call using the word Ultramar. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I and I it's the last word in the card name, and I always wondered if they just forgot the INES <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Forbidden Stars is a um, 40k themed board game for fancy flyers. Yeah 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 we'll, little fun we'll, we'll talk least. about that. I wanna yeah little. no you, you it's what it is one of those ones like you said before the whole card is uh, is there a planet card Cardini? Well not in this case <laughs> but you'd be for, you'd be forgiven for thinking so yeah. because there is indeed an ultramar. These are not ultramarines because they're blue even though they are they're <laughs> ultramarines because they're from Ultramar, um, very noble, um, long-term, kind of like chivalrous planet. Okay. War, war warfare is is conducted intelligently, and that's where we get it in style. He and ladies in the-
0: bow before they kill you. <laughs> <Stuff like that.
2: laughs> if, if ladies were allowed to combat, I think it's that kind of chivalry. I'm afraid, okay. you know. But yeah. Um, so take Ultramar. There was nearly a million Space Marines, mm-hmm. nearly a million Ultramarines at the closing of the Horus Heresy. Um, a little side point in the in the setting. One of the reasons there's so many Marines left is that. Chaos's tactics when they when the horrors. Well, oh, there's
1: so many, so many, Ultramarines. Ultramarines
2: specifically. Oh, okay. yeah. Why, why there's such a large legion remaining because there was a huge conflict. Of course, everyone lost n- numbers. Is the Ultramarines were on the eastern front, um, they were betrayed. I'm blanking I think it's <laughs> the, think the, it's the word. I know, yeah. Like, it's, I, sorry, I it's, it's early in remember. the morning. I think it's the word <laughs> bearers. That, it's a fanta- It's in one of them. Um, it's in one of the uh, Horace Heresy novels, which is amazing. Actually, one of the Ultramarines basically does that whole. Um, new Sherlock Holmes things I've walked into walks meets another marine and there's a page or two of him wondering of him planning what he would do if the guy drew a weapon on him <laughs> and just thinking through the whole next next conflict so basically Ultramarines are the Sherlock Holmes superpower which is brilliant so, so, so you mean the,
1: the Sherlock Holmes like yeah, the, whole, the, the whole, I'll I'll see, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, movie the Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. a sudden flash of
2: okay so he would go for that there so I'd aim for that joint in the armor and step to this point in the room and I'm like that's Ultramarines they're yeah. tactical oh, geniuses wow. that's great anyway that's totally off point um, I love that description um, I, think,
0: were, I think in general we can say that our podcast is the leading podcast for being off
2: point <laughs> <laughs> I actually I, on, on the front of the podcast I actually listened to an Adam Savage one, we're fantastic trust me, <laughs> we are amazing we are amazing, it's it been like you, we were cutting between sections before, no offence I, I can't imagine I like, ever hear this but no offence Adam, you guys are brilliant but wow, <laughs> I sit there listening to you going, there was a thread it was here somewhere, I know it was we were cutting to the, to the door before and I was like that's a great segue and then making jokes out all the time like segue, segue Chance, this, you know. Anyway, go back on. Sorry, Ultramarines They were caught on the eastern front of things because the Horus Heresy engineered this. The guys, they they caused a huge problem on their planets. They were one of the first things to be betrayed, but they're you know literally in your galaxy away. So they pretty much spent the vast majority of the Horus Heresy trying to get to Terra and got there way too late. Oh, yeah, and that was okay. intentional because they had all this mass numbers. Gilliman was accepted to be basically the best tactician. If he'd been in charge of the defense of Terra and all the Ultramarines had been there, very different outcome, very likely. So that was a purposeful thing. So you've got this huge amount of PP men, pretty much unravaged by the conflict, enormous numbers, and they're facing the fact of everyone going. There's a million Marines there. What if he? What if, what if this guy suddenly decides to turn around and take over the Imperium? We can't allow that. So then you have the founding of the chapters, where they were broken up into roughly a thousand marines per chapter, very approximately. I mention the ultramarines specifically because they're an important part of how we view the current space marines, because Gilliman, um, before he finally passed away, a little while later he gets him injured by um, a demon and is put into stasis to keep himself alive. He codifies something called the, c- the Codex, the um, Codex Astartes, Yeah. and this is the how space marines are supposed to operate, how they're supposed to be organised, what tactics they're supposed to follow. There's this if you read a lot of the Ultramarines books um, I know the um, uh, what's his name uh, Uriel, I think it is, is one of the most common ones one of the most popular ones in a few of the novels and they go on about going off codex you can't do that, that's non-codex kind of thing this idea that oh, okay. by that point they're very stratified and rigid and that's a fair point but obviously if they broke them up, not all of them now can be Ultramarines mm-hmm. so you have I'm going to get this name wrong the progenitor chapters a whole set of chapters, or otherwise known as the Codex chapters, which all were once Ultramarines that separate off. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I heard that. Yeah, exactly, you've come that. across that term. Now, there aren't many of them turning up here because there's loads of them. Not to be too cynical, but originally the idea was so that you could make your own chapter in the setting. Mm-hmm. It's okay, I'll take the Ultramarine rules for the original 40k game and I'll paint my own colours and i have my own chapter.
0: Ready to go right. Well, no, no. Yeah, that's right. part of the idea, basically. Okay, to allow yeah. for to allow for gamer creativity. Well, that's, exactly that's also so. one of
1: the reasons why you only knew ten of the primarchs in the beginning, because like I we it. don't want to lay this all out right now. Exactly. No, oh yeah. No right. Right. And let's also, give us some wiggle room, kind of yeah. like how FFG has stuff built into the game rules that we haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. like with Plan right. kind of Fall yeah. coming yeah.
2: out. It's and like this is going to happen. I'm saying to me, I'm the mystery. It's yeah. far, those prime marks are far more interesting if you didn't know what they did, I mean, no argument things like Alpharius have been fantastically fleshed out but there's still that great thing of like oh I can be such and such a weird chaos legion and no one cares and I can do whatever I like with it because they've got that option. Yeah. so then you get the chapters <coughs> uh, we can say a lot about the Codex chapters because there's been a ton written on them they're generally ten companies um, get this right, first company is the Terminators, the veterans Um I want to say second through five are the as battle companies, which are generally the 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 hard line, the regular line formations, mostly tactical squads. Tactical squad is a type of unit. Okay. Um, Without getting too much into the actual miniatures game, I could tell you what 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 weapon designations normally go into a tactical squad. It's that (laughs) set, and most of the companies are mostly tactical squads. Mostly Devastator. Have we seen that around in? I don't
0: think so. There's a siege force here.
2: Yeah, that's that's a more that's a name they've come up with really. Yeah, okay. these are mo- these are mostly themed ones in there. For example, Imperial Fists are a very codexy chapter but not from um not from the progenitors. Imperial Fists is oh Carl, come on. <laughs> it's too early. Yeah, some
0: that? of the some of this you know, I'm I'm looking at, at the art and it some of it's some of it's uh fairly simple, some of it's really detailed. The like Imperial Fists is you know four guys standing in the line shooting mm-hmm. so that's it's um looks like it's almost watercolor um but then you have the white scars bikers which is
2: extremely detailed you can almost make out like three different bikers in this picture Jubilee cons uh, largely mounted chapter think of it think of them as bike cavalry right and you've got the large right.
1: the picture picture on the deathwing guards for what i what i've been doing i mean that armor looks the terminators the terminator armor is Massive compared to space marine armor, which is massive compared to humans.
2: Yeah. So dreadnought class terminator armor. Yeah. Um. This is the. So this, in fact, again, to, to, to keep talking about it, in the Horus Heresy books, in the very first one, Horus Rising, um, Horace's chapter is just getting the first ever um, releases of the new new terminator armor for them. Right. And the idea is, this is mobile tank armor. This is a mech plated marine. Right. It's okay. Heavy, heavier, heavier beyond belief. Extremely, extremely rare. Extremely difficult to maintain. Extremely powerful and expensive. So this is a a, a, a veteran Space Marine. I mentioned before at the first company. Um, they give these guys to be ass- heavy assault troops, to be shock line line breakers, that kind of thing. So they're tiny mounts. Deffring in particular is a little unusual. They're from the Dark Angels. Dark Angel normally a dark green livery with okay. um, various different colours, largely red as they're edging. These guys are the elite of the elite, and they're um, they're even more um, focused and specialized on who gets to be in the Terminator armor. Okay. And uh, the Death Guard are well known for having a lot of their own kind of like uh, cult details. The setting is um, the lore is a bit of a Native American-y kind of feel in some of their beliefs um, shamanistic, okay. animistic kind of things like that, um, and their styles. But they're like the Death Guard are particularly elite Terminators. Okay, yeah, cool. Well, you,
1: you mentioned Dreadnought, and I mean there's the Ultramarine's Dreadnought car. Yes, card. Dreadnought
2: itself. Yep. So, uh, again, I don't think you guys would, guys would know. Inside there is a, is a space marine who was fairly unlucky. <laughs> Badly injured or crippled in battle. But he's a veteran. He's extremely well-trained, a ton of knowledge, So, and he's not dead. So rather than have him waste away and be useless, they fit him into the sarcophagus in the center there, in which he will spend the rest of his existence, operating a literal walking tank.
1: Well. Okay, so, that, so then the, the chaos... The war engines, like the Soul Grinder and everything,
2: are the same... That's a demon. They're a demon. Specifically, that's a demon. There are Chaos Dreadnoughts. Um, The Chaos Marines inside Chaos Dreadnoughts are supposed to be in eternal pain. Complete torment and absolutely insane. Hence the reason that (laughs) Chaos (laughs) Dreadnoughts are well known for being viciously um, off-the-wall berserkers. Wow. Not to say the guy in here is particularly happy with his lot in life. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. Um, There's a lot of fun stories about um, about Dreadnought Marines. um, About they put them into, generally put them into stasis when they're not being used because well, they're not an active, ordinary person. And, they, and also they're extremely rare and, and valuable <laughs> and precious. So they have to be kept... Kept up, kept quiet and kept happy, so not in combat.
1: I was about to say they, they probably don't get good cell reception in there <laughs> so, not particularly. No. So, so you can't ent- entertain yourself
2: <laughs> not, with not uh, cat videos. Yeah. If you, if, yeah, there you go. If you get into the space wolf ones, the space wolves have the venerable dreadnoughts. They really like their dreadnoughts, and they've kept they um, uh, quite a few of their heroes going for a ridiculous amount of time. If you read um, one of the Horace um space wolf novels, okay, spoiler warning. One of the characters in there is a venerable dreadnought from the current setting, that's 10,000 years ago. Wow. He's beyond the fell-handed, and you go through the whole story, of um, so you, don't, you have no idea who he is, you don't get any of his name right, and you find out right at the end you realise it's him. It's beyond the fell-handed, he's, he's absolutely famous in the setting, he's a named character dreadnought. And you have a whole uh, origin story, which carefully where he loses his arm and has it replaced with a big powerful claw weapon and all this, stuff, <laughs> fell-handed kind of thing. And yeah, he's, he's a recent, thing. They, have, they have dreadnoughts that are stupendously old, and then one of the characters encounters a bunch of them, gets to talk to them because he goes through the same process to be reconstructed that will keep them alive, and he, and he has no idea who he's talking to until later he realises that these particularly ancient things are just left to, to sleep most of the time to keep them to keep them ready for combat. Wow. So yeah, so you have all the various, the company organisations and the whole very codified codex styles, as I we was saying before. Then you can get into the, um, the chapters who have no interest in that whatsoever. The Imperial Fists, the siege specialists, who have their own format, they're fairly Codex. They agree with the ideas of that stricture, but they have their own general style. They're much more defensive than the Codex Astartes would um, prescribe. And then you get to the then you have the chapters that are the variety ones. I mentioned um, the White Scars, earlier, mm-hmm. which are bike cavalry. They're basically meant to be the Mongol hordes on bikes and, <laughs> and, and speeders kind of thing. Um, Dark Angels, which um, are a mixture of things. They ha- like to have companies for a specific specific job really. I mentioned before the Deathwing, which are specialist Elite Terminators. The Raven Guard, which are all mounted, kind of like the, um, the, the Scars are. They see the advantage of that. So they're all on bikes and flyers. And that's why i got the Raven Guard speeder, is very iconic. Um, space Wolves. Space Wolves. I love the Space Blood Wolves. Blood Angels. Yeah. yeah, One of my favourite th- things I mentioned about the Space Wolves, to get the idea, is um, to, to get a feel of what Space Marines are like in the setting, is you have to understand there are tiny amounts of them. You mentioned before, ten of them took a planet. That's not surprising. Yeah, in, in actually, we can't make them as powerful as they, as they are in the game. In, in, the, in the game, sorry, we can't make them as powerful as they are in the setting. It wouldn't be fair. But a handful of marines are a match for an army. They really well,
1: are. I yeah. mean, that, that actually does kind of make sense. Then, um, it, you know, going back into the game, because it's, it's the thing that it's always one of the things that I've <sighs> sometimes I don't I don't keep in the forefront of my mind. I don't wrap my head around. You know, uh, one card is not one unit, right? Tactical Squad Cardenas, that actually represents 10 Marines. Okay, great. So then you look at it and go, well, geez, you know, 10 Marines, but it's only a 1-3. But but then Area Effect 1. And I always thought Area Effect meant like uh, flamer weapons, melter weapons, all these big, like, oh, I'm going to roast five or six people at a time. And I realize now, no, Area Effect is just the massive amount of firepower that it, a unit or a group of individuals can lay down that's what I think now that what what's clicked in my mind for me for the game that's what area effect is it's like great you've got you know 10 unit 10 10 units 10 cards at a planet I've got, and they're all one ones but each of those cards might represent hundreds and hundreds of snotlings or hundreds and hundreds of scouts or astro militarm and this, one unit, this this squad of ten marines, basically attacks and wipes everybody out.
0: Right, right.
1: Okay, that or all the
0: little guys. Yeah, all the little yeah. Guys, right? all, the, all the little guys. So, so like, s- th- th- like, think about like orc cannon, right? Orc cannon, you you're, you're you're supposedly blasting a planet, right? You're 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 whether you're doing it from a long ways away on the surface of the planet or you're doing it from orbit, you're blasting a planet, and there's indirect damage done. So there's everybody's taking something but one da- one damage represents you know hundreds of small beings perishing yeah <laughs> like that's how and, I, that's how I've taken it to be like yeah, okay is- white scar bikers is a two three right so so three damage to them is akin to that w- one entire platoon dying right yeah, exactly. so that's one damage is not representative of them. oh I have a bullet shot in my shoulder yeah. chief, <laughs> carry on without me, yeah. it's not that kind of crap right, it's it's no, oh look that building just blew up and ten of our guys died
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. two damage, we've leveled the city block, yeah, exactly. three damage, we've leveled the city
0: yeah, well, I mean, exactly.
2: you, you guys have read enough of the Gaunt's Ghost and other novels that go, they, they, these are not, generally not small scale things, right are, and battles are the battles and, that, that, yeah.
1: and yeah. that's finally beginning to click for me in the card game Keeping that in mind, like, you know, what they're trying to represent with these little cards that we're playing with, like, we're these big war masters. <laughs> these big,
2: these pieces are, of cardboard. Are, yeah, are actually
1: <laughs> literally, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of lives. And that's
0: really cool. <laughs> I,
1: mean,
0: I am a god. <laughs> wow, you, wow. Well, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: There, there's the chaos coming through there a little no, bit. We'll know. get to that
2: bit. Yeah, so cutting back to what you were saying before about the whole marine, the, the squad of marines, how powerful and how tough those guys are. And, you know, most people, most most conflicts in the in like the galaxy won't involve space marines. They're specialists. They're here for a certain job. You call them in. You send them out when they're necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I'm mentioning that is I mentioned the space wars. The space Wolves have a very simple idea of what they are they are what they call the um, the, what's it, the the ultimate sanction <laughs> okay. why have the space Wolves turned up simple because you've pissed someone off the space Wolves are not here to take a planet they're not here to drive the enemy away not even to even to kill you all they're here to send the message whatever you just whatever you did to annoy us don't do it again <laughs> right they're, 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 that's why they're horrifyingly brutal like easily as brutal as a nastiest of chaos. And they they, they rationalise in a really simple way. When we're sent out, we know it's because someone has decided these people need to have a, given a message, and the messages don't mess with us. Yeah, the space are hilarious. That's why they're so loved. They've got this whole Viking berserker crazy yeah, yeah. edge going on, and they've got a completely different structure. If you look at the, the codex thing, is normally that a scout? You, you start as a scout. The scouts you've seen. That's that's the first part of the changes from a human to a space marine. You're in training. You're sent out on recon missions. You're kept off most of the combat. Spatials don't do that. Nope. You're a blood clot. Big old pack of you get into the combat straight away. Gear up in full armor. Go. That's their that's their <laughs> kind of deal. And this this kind of thing does vary from a lot of the big chapters. The Blood Angels have their own stuff. Um, they have members of the um, the Blood Angels gene seed has a bit of a um, problem, shall we say? It has this uh, vampiric edge going on. Yeah, I was about to say them. if it's yeah they fall more and more into a blood rage. So you have the Death Company. Death company are really simple. Oh right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Death right, right, company right. guys are given the funeral rites. You are dead. The, the 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 living life you know is over, and we send you into the into the most insane parts of the battle. You're either going to die crazy from the changes from the gene seed, or you're going to die to someone else. Wow. But either way, so they're the assault of the assault units, and they're just treated in that manner of um, either you die here, or basically we put you quietly to one side and pretend you don't exist and unleash you on the next thing that comes along. Yeah, all, all you're going to know from now is combat. Yeah, and the the Blood Angels they the fun kind of like um, uh, aristocracy kind of feel. But most of them are very proud and regimental and controlled. Mm-hmm. And then you have these absolute net cases they're quietly keeping in the in the attic, as it were. Wow, you there's know? there's
1: so many so many ties then going into you know, Jihad, the Vampire game that we played a oh, long yeah, time ago. I mean, yeah.
2: pulling that yeah. lure in, that's I, awesome. I, I ran I ran Vampire: and Masquerade as well a yeah. role-playing game for a decade. Yeah, I know, and I'm very clear on all that. Yeah. And the fun part is, this is before we look at any other, other various things that turn up in forty k. But there's so much in the marines themselves. And like I like was, I had, a, I had a, a, a funny thought come up when you were talking about these. A good way to think about space marines is it's it's the, the, a horrible combination of factors. They're extremely well equipped. They're plated in plated in heavy armor, like the kind of thing we would put on a tank or an armored vehicle, with weapons that fire explosive, um, what they call mass reactive rounds. A, a huge 50 cal plus round that's supposed to go into something and then explode yeah. you know? um, so they're massively well equipped they're genetically modified beyond all belief they fused rib cages their blood turns to something called cinnabar basically it contains ceramics so it, it seals over into a, into a closing scar material that's extremely tough on contact with air they can spit acid from glands in their mouth as a odd little extra the emperor gave them, they have multiple hearts they're impossibly hard to kill, stupendously strong and massive and then they're trained beyond belief. Their reactions and their tactics and their abilities are completely off the scale. So you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger crossed with Jason Bourne in tank armor. <laughs> <laughs> and you have squads of these people. <laughs> you know, yeah. Squads. You
1: know? Wow. Okay, so to kind of wrap up the, uh, this section of the lore then, going back to that story, when this split happened, with the Horus Heresy and we, say, we see these legions defect to chaos, or these legions remain loyal. Was that right along strict lines? I mean, if a legion stayed loyal, pretty much all the marines stayed loyal?
2: That's a good one. Um, we have to look at the Horace Heresy novels to get some idea of that. I would say yes and no. Some of them were very clearly, we all, we all turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we have hints in the very first novel of one of the captains who's our kind of our lens, we follow him around, and he, he leads us through the story of what's going on, who I'm pretty certain doesn't turn to chaos. He's, he's taken out in the coup. Okay. You know I'm saying? Okay. When, when, so there is some the infighting sons, that, that might happen. to happened there has to be. Yeah. Okay. There's no two ways. But that, it's, I, I, it's a very unclear thing, and it's a great idea. If, if um, again, getting back to the, the the tabletop game, the idea of a lot of the, the things that were instituted there was so that you could modify and customize and have your own things, and it would be kind of cool to play a Sons of Horus unit that's loyal. No, we're fine. We we never we never turned. Yeah. At least we believed that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, chaos is great great at, um, at uh, deceiving people. But yeah, I would. Um, there's a lot of mention of legion fighting legion. I can't see that there wouldn't have been some parts of the legion that would have at least taken out the more loyal sections of itself. It had to have happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah, or vice versa
2: for that matter. you yeah, no kidding. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, cool. That was a great lore conversation. That's that's. Uh, I I like learning about this so then I can put it all in context. Like I said, it it took me a while in one of our first podcasts. It's like okay, this is forty thousand years in the future or thirty-eight thousand years in the future. You know, oh my God! People are all over the place, and they're just annihilating. There's the just the sheer numbers is something that's incalculable. But you have to kind of back up, and sometimes I'm like, oh my God, war is a real thing. It sucks. And then, you, no, this is all, this is all for fun. Right? right, I gotta say, it's it's really cool. I love I love playing it. I I played the game. I I'm now uh, acclimated to Octagon. That, that word that we never shall speak its name, but <laughs> but uh, I'm I've acclimated to Octagon. Uh, I play one or two. Uh, it's still a little slow. The the interface. I, I would love to have a little bit more automation in the interface, it, it, but it is what it is. Um, I, but I, you know, so I, I uh, appreciate all that. I I've been playing a lot of Nazdrag, uh, just because um, I needed to change from <laughs> Space Marines and. And Astra Militarum. Uh and but there were some spoilers for the Great Devourer. I don't know. I you know, and, and I'm sitting here thinking of them, trying to think of them, and I can't really. I just remember the infestation mechanic is just about everywhere. Like, you don't it, there's a there's cards that, you know, if you win a command struggle, the, the planet becomes infested. If you if you uh, you can, maybe even exhaust the guy, assuming the command struggle is won and the planet becomes infested and then there's all these things that mechanics that happen with that it'll be I think whether whenever it comes whenever great Devourer comes we'll see a lot of mirror matches <laughs> we'll see like yes I'm playing Tyranids oh and so am I oh and what's your synapse unit this is the one you know, so there's uh, Brad told us and there's two warlords and five synapse units, uh, so the there's advantage. a lot of variety possible. Like you, yeah. you're obviously going to either play old one eye mm-hmm. or the other one, <laughs> mm-hmm. which we don't know yet. Um, so you have old one eye and the other, or the other warlord, and then there's five synapse units. So there's five combinations. There's ten combinations. Yeah.
2: Yeah, as of as of recording right now, they've just um, done a little focus on old one eye. And then there are this. Um, the word was next week we're going to see the first of the Synapse creatures. Spot, uh, previews.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Because
2: yeah, that might saying that's the big deal. There is it's not just a matter of which warlord you take; it's which synapse you take as well. So it right, should lead, right, some right. Some more interesting so,
0: creatures. and and that gets to a discussion that John and I were having in the car on the way over. And this might be a larger discussion that we can't take. We can't completely exhaust. Uh, here is the idea of strategy in game. And versus archetype of a deck, right? So um, there's there's some archetypes in conquest, control, choke, burn, uh, some would call, call all those some c- form of control, and I would argue that if you're using the con- the word control to say that uh, there's burn control, choke control, and other control, don't use control. <laughs> use burn and choke and control for s- specific instances. Break it down even further, because if you're just calling, but anyway. Yeah here there's archetypes so people are like okay this is a rush deck okay what do you mean by that mm-hmm. all right this is uh this is a control deck all right i have some sense of what that means this is a choke deck i have to have some sense of what that means but is there a difference between archetype and strategy because i would say that warlord kill is a strategy that lends itself to certain archetypes that you can execute with certain archetypes Right and mm-hmm. like, I don't know if the conclusion. Like, I don't think if we I'm really wrong, came, but I think I, I think really the archetype. Conclusion. Yeah, I think the archetype is correlated almost specifically to the warlord. At this point in the game, mm-hmm. you have you have Cato Sicarius, uh, which is a good example. I think Cato is one that could go for a warlord kill, but could also just win planets outright. Mm-hmm. Right, Urien is obviously choke. Choke slash control. If you're if well, you're if you're deny it's it's there's card denial and then there's choke like you're not getting any other cards yeah, yeah. right. So Yuri kind of is 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 a denial control versus a choke control, which just says we're yeah, not well
2: going like To cut back cards. a little bit, like you're saying, with control. I think I, I, I haven't really considered it in terms of archetypes yet, but um, I think there's a, a good argument to say that um, control in terms of conquest is completely assumed. If you don't, in some way, modify what your opponent's trying to do and limit his choices and 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 force him in, you're going to lose. And that's yeah. exactly that's exactly
0: yeah. kind of what I was because yeah. we they were talking. People have been talking about control and oh, choke this and yeah. this that and this And I'm like, well, yeah, but. Control all, is what you're trying to do. You're trying to win yeah. the game. It's all, it's all control. <laughs> right? Not, uh, it's all control. Again, so we we have to base this on how what many, I what I
2: consider control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If we if we rewind a little bit, we don't know how many people listening this are particularly play over card games, but classically, control is a game in which you refuse to engage and stop your opponent from getting to a good game state. Right. Classically, that's a good definition of control. You sit back and go. The classic Magic one is the is the um, is the is the, the tr- blue player. The, the blue player is top deck card go. I'm going to sit back and wait. Let you do what you're doing, yeah. and but make, make it where you can't over time get a game state in which you're going to win. You can't do that in conquest. No, the we, basis of conquest is you have to be somewhat active, yeah. or you're going to lose. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So know.
0: pure control in, in, in the classic sense of control. I
2: would say no. That it's yeah, it's that's baked that, into the game. I would say that everything that, you're yeah. doing is controlling what your opponent is going to play, right. or else right. you lose. Period. Okay. okay. Yeah, know, the,
1: yeah. the pur- pure control in in the terms of going back to blue magic, where uh, no, I'm going to deny what spells are cast Or I'm going to pounce a creature through yeah.
0: your hand Or oh, Magic hey, that- is another game that's been in existence Some of you might <laughs> well <buy it>. Just want <laughs> yeah, to like be that. clear for all, all our possibly new listeners You're right, you're right but one, of the, one of the big things
1: That when I was playing Magic that blue players could do There were cards that allow you To take control of your opponent unit, your opponent's units Your opponent's creatures so basically, you were trying to, you were going to, you sat there and waited, and then you used your opponent's deck against them. Yeah. Right. I don't think that exists in Conquest because if you not right now, if you're trying to do
2: that, not where right you're like, I'm going to well, use your deck against yeah. you, you're, you've lost. The two of the classic parts of, of, of blue more than that, I would say, are the are the cancelling build a card. You mm-hmm. play a card, nullify. Nullify mm-hmm. is blue straight down the center, and then the. Um, uh, The removing a removing a threat from the game, returning a unit to hand, which there are plenty of. Those those exist, but there's not enough of that, or enough of just doing that. There's not you can't build a deck that sits there and just does that and does that and wins. Right, because Because whatever. Yeah, whatever
1: warlord you're using, and even if you, I'm going to take all the cards from my faction. I'm going to take all the cards from my ally. You might have nine or twelve cards. Right yeah. out of your and the
0: three-card limit, and the three-card limit really goes, and it, and it applies to Netrunner, it applies to AGOT, it applies to all these LCGs. That three-card limit really is a, a a treasured, And amazing thing because you know, Netrunner just announced A new packet yesterday, <laughs> and they're breaking that
2: three-card limit in some cases but but, there's, there's, but with an interesting there's, card that doesn't grow a lot in strength the more you have it's an interesting choice but anyway right, right, it's a different right. conversation different, yeah. yeah
0: different game different conversation but but Very the three card limit means that okay you have 50 cards in your deck I only have three right so who's to say I'm going to draw any of them mm. now chances are you will you'll draw one mm. chances are you'll draw one but it depends on how much you can uh, control your side of the board so that you can draw those cards yeah mm. um but what I wanted to get to was was the archetype a deck archetype versus a, a, a strategy to win the game.
2: Yeah. right? No, I think first first thing, one, one of the things you said about that, I think you bang on the money, um, Warlords are the initial defining part of that. Between the fact that the Warlord is always going to be involved in the battle, period. There's no way you can't not have a battle over a Warlord every turn, even if it's just run away. You're still going to be exposed to that. Secondly, Signature Squads, which are massively defining cards that you have to to take, you have no choice in this matter right. you take Uriah and you have his signature cards, period, they're going to be there there's nothing you can do about that um, that first of all I think it says, play some archetypes I think some of the warlords are more ar- archetypal than others you mentioned um, C- Cato Sicarius. right? Cato Sicarius is about as vanilla a marine deck as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Here is a bunch of marines. Here's a guy who allows you to play more marines. And
0: maybe that's why I don't play him. Go. I mean, he <laughs> maybe is. That's yeah, why I don't play him very much because vanilla. Th- that's a good term yeah, yeah. because it's such a blank slate. Mm-hmm. It's it's you you almost you know this is not to <coughs> not to offend anyone who plays the, Cato. I understand spirit, how yeah. you play Cato. I understand why you play Cato. He's he can be fun to play, but. It's a deck that almost plays itself as much as well, anything can in Conquest, but but that's itself. rough. Oh, builds, builds itself? It, oh, right. Builds itself right. All right, it, builds itself. It's, all right. You I'll know, go there. You know, you've,
2: got, you've, got that, you've got that economy efficiency, so immediately you're all, okay, I may as well go straight for the most efficient, effective units I can take. So you have the Honored Librarian. Why not? He's now one cheaper if I kill something, and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. You know.
1: Well, you know, and I, I maintain that the Space Marine cards are undercut, are Overpowered for the cost, right? A lot there
0: that you, you share that opinion, opinion with many, yes.
1: <laughs> you know, pound for pound, I've said this their their units stack up better than a uh, two cost space marine unit, is better than a two cost iron, uh, uh, astro military unit, better than two cost orc unit, everything for the most part. Cato Sicarius, um, it, it makes it, it makes it a, it takes a, okay, I've got a pretty good warlord who's got a real nice ability and he's going to take all the pretty good cards with some real nice abilities and make a pretty good deck with some real nice abilities and it, he's going to uh, be able to react well to almost anything that happens he's going to you know whatever deck whatever deck type he's coming up against i don't believe that he's going to have trouble with
2: Because there's, no, there's no there's no hard counter i guess yeah there, you know
1: so i think that and i think that's one of the reasons why they also encourage the first decks to be built to teach the game to be Kato, to be the Kato sacaria deck
0: yeah, yeah, well the I don't know if you guys watched this but you know, it's vanilla but, but our, it's straightforward. Hosts, it's like here oh, yeah, here's, that's,
1: that's here's the all the here's all the Team
0: Covenant just yeah. posted their championship game for mm-hmm. the their regionals mm-hmm. and it was a Kugoth uh Sicarius matchup. Yeah. And Kugoth won. Oh yeah. Kugoth the, took
2: it. Kugath's rough as Chaos you know? right now is rough well, as anything. And uh, <laughs> it was it was w-
0: well timed war I mean I love Kugoth. I love was,
1: Kugoth. You awesome. know, I when he came when he hit I was like, Oh, that's my guy right? <laughs> But I would say the car- I watched that match and I say the card that won that game is the Temptation of Slinosh. Oh,
0: oh my god! There's no reason yeah, yeah. if that you are playing yeah, chaos,
1: there cool. is no reason not to put. Doesn't matter who you're playing. Yeah, put you three you of those in you your you want
2: to talk, Oh yeah, if you want to yeah. talk account That's Siphons insane. or Dracaris for conquest? There's, there's that card. Wow, that yeah, it's, card. It's so strong. Yeah,
1: that card. All of a sudden, you know, you talk about control, you talk about choke,
0: and it is two shields. Right? Wooly on the broadcast said it's, or maybe maybe it was. I don't know who it was on the broadcast. on the Because, like, it has two shields! Yes. <laughs> like, yes. yes! It's amazing! Like, Yo. even if you have all three in your hand, you're like, oh, there's one on the table. I'll save one for later. And here's shield for something Well, I think he had two yeah. in his it's opening insane. hand. That's
1: why he played yeah. the first one at the second planet. And everybody's like, yeah. why Yeah, yeah it's yeah, so yeah. early? Yeah. It's like, because that's going to give you the first and second. It's going to give you the first planet. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to force a, maybe force a combat at the second planet. You're oh, taking your opponent out of the control army. and yeah. then hey, when that's gone, guess what? I already had one and that's yeah. going on at the end of well, the Well,
2: same um, yeah. planet
0: five. Yeah. We, yeah. We well, did. and I think and I think part of it was the what the planet was. I, I don't remember exactly, but one of those where you're like, Yeah, I that's not gonna matter. Like uh, steal a resource, whatever the steal a yeah. resource one is, right? Mm-hmm. Like you put it on that. You don't put it on you don't put it on discard like maybe discard a card at random. Maybe that's the trigger that's corner case. But you don't put it on move a warlord. You don't put it on Planum. You don't put so many sh- because oh yeah, that's a good I'll go I'll go there and move a warlord and take care of everything yeah, because no, fine by me, yeah. Means, yeah you know. Actually putting <laughs> it on a Planum is probably the worst bit because they can put all that uh, put all their stuff there, not lower the cost at all, and then move the warlord to s- move somebody else to somewhere. Yeah, not side. the warlord. So, so Planet is yeah, a bad yeah, example. Yeah. it might be the but, worst example for some of these issues. Yeah, right. But <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting strategy and it worked for
2: him well I didn't I've not watched that game in particular but from what you were saying before and to cut back onto archetypes a little bit um I've just been thinking literally just came up with this right now thinking in terms of Cato Sicarius. there's a phrase we hear in conquest of snowball mm-hmm. of the idea that once you get a, once you get momentum it's very easy it's, it's an effective thing to maintain it to keep going to keep charging through people sometimes refer it as as, um, as, pla- as first planet bully. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep pounding the first planet, keep keep poking that, keep winning it, keep doing that. Yeah, Sicarius obviously is fantastically good at this. Yeah, because he sends into a place, you kill something, he gets a resource to allow him to make it easier for him to kill something to allow him to and to keep on snowballing. Right. He is right. if there's an archetype in in Sicarius, he is a snowball right leader. But I, and I would
0: go back and I would go back to our previous how do you beat him segment for Sicarius, which is there's this this game is about killing things. Mm-hmm. Kato's going to be there when things are killed. He might not be there where everything is killed, but he'll be there when some things are killed. So he's going to get those resources. So, you're, when you're sitting across the table from Cato, you want to choke him out of cards. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the planet that gives him. You want to make sure and get the two card planets. You want to make sure and get the the two card planets. Give him all the resources in the world. Right? Let him have the resources. I've 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 lost plenty of games. With a ton of resources and no cards,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, it's far more common right? the other way around, yeah, right? far more common.
0: Um, so and and uh, but so so that's one of the how do you beat them on K- Kato, but a strategy with Kato. So, I, I think what I'm getting at with this with Kato bringing up with strategy that strategy can be flexible, mm-hmm. you can go for a warlord kill, you cannot. Ragnar, right? Mm-hmm. we talking on the car, Ragnar, you can build a deck. That says I'm gonna hit that your warlord every single time. Once maybe only. I'm only maybe I'm gonna hit him once. But that's a warlord kill. That's a strategy. But for Ragnar, it's it's his archetype.
2: Right. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: He can win by planets because of the threat of warlord kill. But yeah. warlord kill is predominant. He's, on he's the He's still brain. using that.
2: That's yeah. the point. He still he's, It's kind of like the um the uh the onshi stuff of even if you don't bounce onshi all over the place or, or armor bane people into oblivion. You're, you and your opponent are still playing on that basis so that, that, um, that um, maneuverability and assassination ability is still what you're banking on, mm-hmm. even if you didn't never actually use it, mm-hmm. you know, I means the carry the same situation, the, the choice is you know, you said the choice is to go after his cards because you can't say, okay, I'll fight him head to head and make sure I win, well of course you do that's not that's not a strategy, that's just what you, how you want to play, and you probably won't because you're facing marines, okay, so I won't go where he is, cool that's easy, easily parlayed into a victory. The game is designed so that's easily parlayed yeah. into a victory. So like you right. say you need you need to oppose well, them a different I, way. and
0: and I had I, I was playing a Nazdrag deck and um, there was the uh, if you have less the uh, if you have less units than your opponent gain you know draw 3 or draw 3 resources, right? And I telegraphed that I was I was playing Nazdrag against Ragnar and I I telegraphed that coming a mile away, and I realized I was like, "Ah, oh, that's what I did." Go, mm-hmm. So he goes, he goes to Nasdrag's planet. He goes to, and it's not the first planet; it's the two or three. And uh, so I won the first planet, but he ended up getting Nasdrag six damage. <laughs> right now, he's Nasdrag is a two seven, but he but took it's like he was like Ragnar. Okay, there's two. So then I think he had initiative. So he attacked with Ragnar. Right, and then, um, and then I'm like, okay, I'm good because maybe I think Ragnar was the only unit, Mm -hmm. so all right, I'm good. So then he, uh, so then he, he, I attack, I hit Ragnar for two myself, and then he pops an eager recruit, yeah, drop pot resolve. He pops an eager recruit and he hits me for two, and I'm like, uh oh, yeah and then he no. pops another eager, eager recruit and I'm like uh-oh
2: no crushing Boom. blow and I, and then I'm
0: like shield two. <laughs> and, and he's like okay i got it so then I, I got to i was able to get to the ready stage and i got the hell out of dodge right so the hell I'm it but i'm at 6 i dodged him for the rest of the game and ended up winning <laughs> it, oh, was, yes. it, it was yeah, insane goes. it was like okay well, where is he going to go he's going to get he's thinking i'm going to go to 2 so i'm going to go at 5 <laughs> i'm going to be and i was accounting for Ragnar's hunt. i was like I was trying to get the furthest well, away from I think
1: I think that so I think that's you know, going from between strategy and archetype. Archetype to me, if you built I've built an assassination deck. I have a Ragnar or I'm playing or I'm playing Baharoth and my whole idea is I'm gonna win this by killing your warlord. And you if think ba-
0: you think Baharoth is well, a I, don't, kill? I, I don't know.
1: I don't know. But yeah. I'm just
0: saying you know, the mo- the mobility
1: Aspect of him allows that. Yeah, I and think I guess his
0: units being plus three when he's w- there—they yeah. go boom, boom, bam. You want? You, you want? You want
1: it doesn't matter. My idea of an assassination deck is: oh, great, I show up at the same planet. I guessed correctly, and I showed up at the same planet. Okay, great, that's luck. That's one in five, right? Um, I with Ragnar and with Baharoth, it doesn't matter what planet you're going to go to. I'm I'm going to find you. I'm going <laughs> to come <laughs> kill you. You know. And, and so the archetype thing is: if I don't do that. Most likely I'm going to lose.
2: Let's that's um, what, I, I that's could, what I think what okay, You could okay. codify Strategy. two different... Without making this way more complex, we have to now. You could codify two different approaches to assassination. Assassination is your deck is going to focus on dealing damage to the opposing warlord. Mm-hmm. And I would say there are two ways to deal with that. One of them is the spike, the Ragnar method. Of You are going to have shield cards, so I want to hit you with a ridiculously overwhelming attack that will bloody you and then later on defeat you in one go. Mm. It's, you can't do anything about this, set it up, bang. On is a similar thing with Armour Bane, with having a unit, just getting a nice little set of strikes where you're going to go away in one turn. Now, I can buy that Baharoth is assassination, but Baharoth is not a spike deck. No. Baharoth is the whatever happens, I am dealing some damage to your warlord every darn round. Because I've got these ability to move things everywhere and just get them to the point where you cannot escape them. Mm-hmm. Every round, I'm chipping away and chipping away, and eventually I will attrition you down. So I would say that there could be a spike assassination deck and attrition assassination. Um, Zar- Zarathur is kind of in a similar realm sometimes because he can put out so much extra, extra additional bits of damage. He's not as often going to spike someone down. I tried that, and it, it doesn't work with him, but he, he they'll chip away at you.
1: Uh, well, I think I think uh, you know. I mean, you could not with every warlord, but with some of the warlords, Ragnar and Baharath because of the mobility. But uh, staging ground out of Imperial Guard, mm-hmm. out of Aspiraliterium, with uh, I. I it, I would say it doesn't matter what warlord you're playing but it's going to work better with mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and you can even put Imper- a uh, staging ground into a Ragnar deck doesn't matter what planet you're going to go to I am mm-hmm. going to drop a. am going to drop a two unit two cost unit
2: and I'm going to hit you yeah that's attrition that's attrition I mean, yeah. C- Cotiez is attrition yeah if you, unless you allow him to snowball beyond all ridiculousness um, he's he's an attrition deck. He's going to be. I've got so many units and so much money. I can just keep the pressure on and slowly grind you down.
1: Right, it, you know? but yet also, I mean, with that, with uh, the Imperial Guard units and the low cost and the high command icons, they can be uh, what I consider. Again, I, I'm not really clear on what everybody considers control. What everybody considers choke. Mm. When I when I think control, it, I think of my Military and my Codius deck. It doesn't matter. How much command you have?
2: I will outcommand you, and I will outcommand you everywhere except maybe your warlord goes. And I bring up that point as we were saying before. With I, I'm, I'm not convinced con- control is a is a meaningful definition of conquest because of the mm. way the game's designed. A command deck is a different matter. Yes, when you set out to go, I am going to win command. Yeah, that <laughs> that's that's, a, that a, is an archetype. Well, because it has an, yeah. a,
0: the command is a is a is a key word in the game, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah, winning but, the command struggle. There yeah, are but command yeah, you, but, icons. Yeah, in the right, same but, way that, you but that's not. Con- like, yeah. But that. That
1: archetype, you know, yeah, is not is not going to win you the game. You're still eventually going. Yes, you might have a bunch of little units, but if and I, it's like I'm winning all these commands, I'm getting all these resources, drawing all these cards, but one vicious bloodletter just hoses me, and it's like great, my vicious bloodletter is at first planet. It's that second planet. It's that third planet. Game over.
2: Yeah. Right. Well, let me rewind a little bit. Again, um, command command is an archetypal thing, like assassination. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to win by that, but you play to leverage it, and you happen, you force your opponent to respond to it. Yeah. You know, the, the opponent suddenly has to then either try and match you in command, which if he can do that, great. If he can't, he has to modify how he plays. You know, the, the right, interaction right, between right. those two is the point. Um, what was I going to? I I had a thought. We skipped past. Um, well, I skipped over rather. Um. Talking in terms of archetype versus strategy, I would say that archetypes and the warlords personally uh, fall in the toolbox range. That's kind of what I'm getting at. There is I've built my deck to be to do a thing, and then I have to have a strategy of how I leverage that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's what I'm getting at. That's why I would I would define it. Okay, I, so, so you
0: have an archetype. That your yeah. deck defines your ar- your your deck. Is an archetype unto itself. Uh, whether it's a named one, something that we can all agree to name, is is, yeah. a, is, is something for another day. But then, it, oh yeah, there you go. But then the person that you're opposing is defines your strategy. Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. Ragnar and you're fighting Ragnar, you're going to take a little bit different strategy than We're, if you're fighting you're, Kith. if, you, if, and if you're you, so so, okay, all right, yeah. I got I, you. are
1: sorry. You might have strategy. You might have. I, I usually try to build my decks to a. A couple of things in in a deck that will help me deal with running into certain archetypes running into oh okay it's a lot of mass little units right, right. uh so i have something in my deck that should help that warp yep. storm yeah in chaos that's yep. that's to clear the planet and yep. let my big guys win yep. uh area effect you know is one area effects something know, like that having you know, one so or I think two cards
0: that do area effect is always good yeah
1: crushing blow and two shield cards in a space marine deck, mm-hmm. it's it's you know that's my strategy. With I'm using my archetype of my warlord is I I am at each planet that and that's the ones I'm winning and when I get into combat because there's going to be a combat with my warlord I'm going to make sure my warlord
2: walks away unscathed. Right,
1: you know that's my strategy in
2: my deck. Oh, to to right. help to help clarify this, I think if we take a pace back from Conquest itself and the games in general, and military in particular, there's a, a, a fairly well fleshed out concept of tactics versus strategy, mm. and the the idea one of the ways of codifying this is that tactics are things you do because they are sensible. You um you you attack a location in a certain way because that is always a effective sensible method of doing so. You attack at night or you uh, surprise people because that is always that is a set advantage you can. Codify and quantify, you know. Now you can apply that to a deck. You take these units and you play these units down in a certain order with a certain way because it's effective. You use an eager recruit with catch K- Outpost because mm-hmm. that's an effective tactic. Of course it is. It has all of its inbuilt benefits in one go. Strategy, so ta- strategy, however, is the how you make use of these. Yeah, or how why are you attacking that in the first place. Why, yeah. why, yes, why yeah, do you drop yeah. an eager recruit at this yeah. point and use that? Yeah. And so a good way to look at it is this tactics are generally codified and, and set. Strategy is reactive. Tactics is about me. Strategy is about my opponent. Mm. What is the yeah, other guy doing? Yeah, so good. if you re- really back down, if you if you go with the basics that um, that your deck is an ar- your deck is based on an archetype. Every deck is built to do something well, whatever it is. Whether it's just do everything well, that's a tactic in itself. I have a tool for every occasion, or I go or I take the Ragnar Classic. of I focus on this ability to kill a warlord to focus where he goes and kill him in one go. That's your tactic strategy is how you win the game as it were it's what, right. what, what you then do based on what's going on and so I would say that yeah it, it, it's partly it's a language but you're right um, the game the game forces certain tactics it says these are cards that are c- clearly designed to work together I mean you're given what is it eight of them in mm-hmm. your opening part of your deck here are eight cards right, that are right, supposed right, to work right, well right, with right. your stuff you know that's, right. that's linked in
0: cyborg body and, and Nasdrag. I'm looking at here on the table you know it's, it's cyborg body Nasdrag, and the crack to fall I mean, brutal, and the guy gets double his hit points. So mm-hmm. he's now, you know, now a, a two four can hit up to nine. Mm-hmm. Become a possessed with the cyber body, you yeah. know, right?
2: a nine four. That's sorry. We uh, only briefly mentioned earlier. That's why I, I died laughing when the first thing I saw in old one eye was an attachment that gives him a hit points. I'm like, you're joking. <laughs> 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 that guy's like, I got. At least he's only got six health, seven. Oh, great. <laughs> Here we go.
0: Well, but he he can remove half his damage. Yeah. Round it up once per, per phase, right? Per
2: gro- uh, this is a good one. Uh, I had to go and find, clarify this properly. Per round and because it's not um qualified, that's game round. So per game turn. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. per round. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Per round
2: yeah, I had to. I had. I had someone point out not to me on, co- not, on, combat,
0: on not combat, not combat turn, not
2: combat round. There's there's yeah. two definitions around. One is round, which is un, unqualified, which is game round, and right. one is combat round, right. which is a whole set of combat for you runs mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I, I, a guy on Car game DB popped it up, and I was like, really? And I spent a half hour last night with the robot going, yep <laughs> Yep, <laughs> He's quite correct. It's a little unclear. It's not. At no point is round defined. Mm-hmm. But if you read through, he's quite correct. There were two two. Um, and standards for it. One of them is combat round, and every other type of round, which refers to that, a full set of four phases. Of mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so you, so he's a little like Kugoth, right? He's he can remove that damage. You you kind of have to go all in, all all in on one
2: in one combat to just hit him as big and as ugly as you can. And he's actually he's built in Fetid Haze. Well, um, kind of like Fetid Haze, he has that um, the same attachment that refers to that gives him strength, gives him bonus attack on one swing and you can give him Brutal <laughs> so you can, that whole deal, It basically it's like Kugaf where you go, right. I'm going to poke Kugaf almost to death and then Kugaf goes, that was a really stupid idea <laughs> Betted Hayes hey, you guys all die <laughs> I'm going
0: to, I'm going to just I'm just going to release my pals yeah
2: he's like, he's like, well I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what I think of that, says Kugaf <laughs> and then, the, um, but all one eyes, same sort of deal, you get the attachment and all the ability to give him Brutal then he becomes okay, I've, I, I untap, I remove all this damage, I gain this bonus attack, I have brutal, wham! Yeah, <laughs> Big old yeah. swing. So.
0: Alright, so I wanted to mention that I've been I picked up Forbidden Stars uh, two weeks ago here, right? At Haunted Game Cafe, and, and uh, I've played it uh, half a dozen times. Uh, and it's a great, complex game set in the 40k universe. It's FFG's newest 40k contribution. For those of you who are interested in Complex order driven games. Yeah. I urge you to try it out. Watch some videos. It can be a very complex game. It's an hour, 15, hour and a half per mm. player. And that's Spain. that's after you both know. Yeah, it's, it's
2: the first 40k Euro game that isn't Horus Heresy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think about <laughs> it, it. I, I actually it. have the Horus Heresy set around. Okay. Right, so okay. it's the second. It's the second. <laughs> there and,
1: and there's a couple of, I mean, I. Uh, I've only I, we only played the one game where it was just the two players. You said it mm-hmm. could go up to four. Mm-hmm. Have you played any multiplayer? No, games no, yet? Okay. not yet. Okay, because I, I would think that would drastically it's, it's, change it's how you play.
2: Lo- looking looking at what it's what it's intended for, without going into this too much, and this is the game retail bit coming in. That is a multiplayer game. That is Eclipse. It is Twilight Imperium. It is all those variety of yeah. large space empire games where the interaction is definitely three or more. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah, I think I think it would be good at three. Uh, it might get really long at four. I mean, I've read online like four-player games can take six hours, right? So it's it's where we're coming from, you know, an hour, fifteen, hour and a half per player. Once everybody gets pretty efficient, um, then uh, it can come down a, a little bit yeah. down. Uh, so well, I think
2: we'll have a good bad. we'll have a good talk about that one time, won't we? Yeah, we yeah, yeah. yeah we'll get
0: to. we'll get to we'll get to those other games because we play Conquest and we play Netrunner, but we also play a lot of other games. And we'd like to. <laughs> We'd like to talk I about I think we made it clear that
2: while, whilst this is definitely a Conquest podcast, it's also very much a Warhammer 40,000 podcast. Yeah. Particularly yeah, with you guys getting yeah. into the setting and me not being able to shut up.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that's things. cool
1: about the game and brought me brought me into the setting because, like I said, up until I hadn't read anything, it's like, okay, yeah, it's cool. Space Marines. I mean, at first originally, when I first heard about it, I was like, dwarves in space fighting orcs. Okay. All tough <laughs> that doesn't yeah. that, Very badly yeah, that well, doesn't, well, doesn't really sound but I mean but, but it also but it was a, the
0: fact that you in order to play the game you had to spend a lot of money on miniatures right well and also, not only did you have to spend a, the money but you had to figure out which ones you wanted and then you had to paint them yes. and I was like that, that's a massive entry well, well, it was, was also really, to really
1: tongue-in-cheek uh, you know there was a lot of things there I mean noise marines the old ones
2: used to have heavy metal guitars. You have, you have seen Doom Siren, right? Yeah. Doom Siren, Doom, Doom Siren, Doom Siren is the ultim- ultimate, ultimate power solo. Yeah, you it is, know, it's, it's the, it's the guy, guy, who's been given these thirty, is fifteen seconds to blaze away and then die in one explosive um, metal you know, moment. That's what I, he's going for, yeah. That's yeah, what it is. That's, know, I mean, look at Doom next? Siren. He's, Doom Siren is a noise marine who's like... Who's, uh. anyone, anyone see Mad Max? It's the guy hanging in the cradle with the flamethrower. I haven't yeah, seen I, the new one oh, yet. you need to watch it. So I, I, I want to. If, want if you want to you think the vaguely 40k-ish kind of um, style of, of going to war, it's, it's um, Immortan Joe and his dudes. <laughs> uh, very much. There, there, is a, there is a blind... Uh, You find out later, he's blind, he has no eyes A blind um, um, member of the crew Hanging in a cradle in front of a massive mobile wall Of amplifiers (laughs) On the back of which are double rows of of guys uh, Doing huge timpani drums He's swinging in this cradle Has a massive chromed plate spiked guitar (laughs) On on which he's playing a constant um, heavy metal solo or riff And the end of the guitar fires flames Yeah, it is. It is just this fantastic, and he's going the whole time. And as it turns out, again to mention Adam Savage and Co, they got involved. They got. they, They talked to the guys in the involvement. That whole rig worked. It played music. <laughs> the guys in the back were drumming at 70 miles an hour through the Australian <laughs> deserts kind of thing. It, it's, it's, it, is, it is very... If you want an idea of how Chaos go, would go to war, immortal Joe's <laughs> Band, the War Boys, is about right. It's That's great. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to recommend that. John and I will be at
0: Gen Con for Nationals. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we'll throw a little um, plug-in as well. Um, Obviously, we're coming to Gen Con and all that, but um, <clears throat> the Haunted Game Cafe is doing a load of living card game events. We get a full set of the... Um, event kits and go and run these big long sprees every two weeks and the first of those will be for this set will be the 26th of July on Sunday, the Warhammer Conquest over here we're getting um, a, a, lot, a good few people coming down and enjoying this so swing on by for it please Thanks to Team Covenant for hosting this Warcast and to Haunted Game Cafe for the recording space If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback or questions for us you can contact us at track That's track via our Facebook page or Twitter at Traxxas Sector WC or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. This episode was sponsored in part by Rocky Mountain PC. Thanks for listening. The The Emperor Emperor protects. protects.